0: This week's podcast brought to you by Gas and Cantaloupes.
1: We've been playing a ton of Boggle in the month of August. Uh, Some of this has been on vacation. Some of it has just been cutthroat games at the dinner table late at night, sometimes involving the kids, sometimes just uh, one-on-one. And uh, the other night I played Wolfs, W W O L F S, and you challenged me and said, Wolfs? It's wolves. And as I said to you, Bill wolfs down his sandwich or Bill Wolves down his sandwich?
0: I don't think I gave you the points.
2: <laughs> Singh says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. Road might twist and turn a bit But we all arrive intact Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad Having each other's back Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.
0: We're recording this podcast in a house full of kids so there will be a lot of uh, fun background noise I'm sure as we as we talk about stuff, and we don't normally talk a lot about sports other than youth sports, but a ton has gone on in the last few days in the world of women's basketball. And we'll start with Lindsey Whalen has announced that she's going to retire at the end of this WNBA season. Um, they only have a couple of regular season games left. The last game of the WNBA regular season is the 19th. The WNBA playoffs start on August 21st. And after uh, Lindsay announced that she was going to retire, I sent a tweet out and just said, has anyone male or female done more for Minnesota sports? And there was a ton of response from people. Um, most WNBA fans and Minnesota Lynx fans said, no, indeed, no other Minnesota person has done more for Minnesota sports. But since I have you as what I would consider my authority on it, who would be even that conversation? You know, not that... To say the mount rushmore of minnesota sports but who would be in the conversation of people who have done the most for minnesota sports
1: nobody has done more i would never like the mount rushmore has become a cliche i i like to think of it as if minnesota ever became its own country and it probably should who would be on, <laughs> on the money and i think her face would be on like the twenty dollar bill the basic uh well, there would have currency. to be a thirteen dollar bill just well, in honor of lindsey whalen's jersey
0: you know a lot of people responded though you know kirby puckett Randy Moss, Joe Maurer, Rod Carew, the one thing that makes Lindsay a little bit unique is that she's from Minnesota, went to the University of Minnesota, ended up coming back to the Lynx, now is going to be leading the the U's women's basketball team as their head coach. So I guess Joe Maurer is from Minnesota, but are any of those other icons? Well, you
1: know, Jack Morris, uh, Paul Molitor, the Twins manager, Kent Herbeck grew up in Bloomington, where I grew up, and was uh, a great huge hometown hero when the twins still played in Bloomington and he hit a home run, a game winning home run at Yankee Stadium in his first game in 1981. And you know here's a guy who you could then see at the sports page bar in Bloomington in the wintertime or bowling at Airport Bowl or something. So it was it was crazy. It showed you that holy smokes. all things indeed are possible. This guy who went to my high school, Kent Herbeck, is now playing for the twins. Joe Maurer was the national player of the year in the high school as a as a football quarterback who signed a letter of intent to play at Florida State before he was drafted number one by the twins and went into went into baseball so you know there are a lot of guys Randy Moss is somebody who was a great Viking but in terms of you know the Minnesotaness of it um, you know he played for other teams Rod Carew not from Minnesota famously from Panama but to me growing up he was he was what made Minnesota a national story. Rod Carew was on the cover of Time Magazine, the cover of Sports Illustrated. You know, the network news came to my hometown, Bloomington, to cover him in 1977 as he made his assault on Ted Williams' uh, 406 uh, batting average. And so, to me, Rod Carew was somebody who brought the national attention to Minnesota at a time when uh, it got no other national attention. The Vikings... Had just played in their last Super Bowl, uh, Mary Tyler Moore Show was had gone off the air, and uh, and now Rod Carew was the guy on the on the coin or the guy on the stamp for Minnesota. And Lindsey Whalen, is, you know, the way the queen is on the stamp in England, she would now be on the stamp uh, if Minnesota were its own sovereign nation.
0: So you're putting her on the stamp and on the money. I actually covered the draft in 2004, where she was chosen, I believe, fourth by the Connecticut Sun and um, I've never seen someone look so unbelievably disappointed on draft day and of course it was because she wanted to be drafted to the Minnesota Lynx and had a great career in Connecticut Mike Tebow was the coach there and to his credit he knew how much and how badly she wanted to go home so they traded her ended up getting a high pick I think they got Tina Charles with that pick but you know, she she wanted to go back home. She well, you know, as as great as she was in Connecticut, they let her do that and, and say, led led the Lynx to four championships. And
1: also to her credit, she gave everything she had for Connecticut. She was enthusiastic. She promoted oh, yeah, Connecticut absolutely. as a uh,
0: you know took them to a couple finals. They didn't win championships in Connecticut, but uh, but anyway, so that that was really big news um, in the WNBA. The day before Lindsay announced her retirement, the Dallas Wings fired their head coach, Fred Williams. The Wings had been in fifth place, then went on an eight-game losing streak. They play tonight at the Connecticut Sun, as we record this on Tuesday. So, you know, their their playoff hopes are, are hanging in the balance. There were reports of an altercation between Fred Williams and the owner and GM of the Dallas Wings after their game in, in Washington. So all kind of stuff going on in WNBA. And then Today, again on Tuesday, huge college women's basketball news where it was announced that um, UConn and Tennessee will resume their rivalry. They have not played since 2007. Coach Summit cut off that rivalry. I'm thrilled that it's going to be renewed, not this season, but the following season they'll play in Connecticut, 2019-20, and then 2021 they will play in Knoxville. So, uh, And it's going to be part of the We Backpack Games um, for Alzheimer's awareness, so Anyway, it's just a lot of stuff is going on in women's basketball.
1: Nothing is planned on this nonsensical podcast. So let me just uh, bring this up out of the blue to you. Was it January of 1995 when UConn and Tennessee played?
0: For the um, first time ever, yes, in Gampel Pavilion, yep.
1: Your senior year. And uh, can you tell me just what that was like and how that all, what was at stake and what happened?
0: Well, women's basketball was on the verge of, of exploding. Um, 1994 National Championship was when Cheryl Swoop scored, I think it was 47 points to lead Texas Tech to the National Championship. Um, things were on the verge of, women's basketball was on the verge of really becoming a national uh, story. And the NHL, the hockey players, uh, were on strike um, early in that winter. You know, of course, UConn is located right in the backyard of ESPN. You know, about 40 miles, I think, from Bristol, and uh, we were undefeated, and so it was a huge story. Uh, Tennessee was ranked number one at the time. I think we were ranked number two, and uh, they came to play. And um, UConn and, had
1: never been ranked number one at the time. Is that no?
0: We, we had never been ranked number one. No one had expected us to be undefeated at that point, and it was a huge game, and uh, and sold out arena. It was on ESPN, and uh, we ended up winning that game. The game was played on Martin Luther King Day, a Monday. The uh, AP poll normally came out on Monday. They held it for the first time ever uh, and, and released it a day late so they could get the result of that game before releasing the poll. But it was one of the, one of the games that is a, a huge benchmark in the history of women's college basketball, not just in this rivalry, not just in the, in the history of UConn and Tennessee, but the history of the sport. Uh, it was a huge deal. And uh, I, I just remember after winning, you know, we won that game and, you know, just doing a bunch of media and other stuff. And, and eventually the, uh, the arena, Gamble Pavilion was empty and, and Jennifer Rosati just saying to me that our men played that night. I think they may have played Georgetown at the Hartford Civic Center and I, with Alan Iverson. I may be getting the opponent wrong, but I think that's what it was. And I just remember Jen Rosati saying to me, because she was one of the only people on the team with the car and she was going to drive us to the game in Hartford that night. She said... Uh, you think if I got pulled over for speeding, I'd get a ticket today? And it was just kind of the feeling of, yeah, we are, um, you know, that was at a moment where in Connecticut, I think we probably could have done no wrong.
1: And and since her license plate was jr 21
0: No, her license plate at the time was 21JR because somebody else already had jr 21 Jen, well, until she moved out of Connecticut, she's now the head coach at George Washington, so lives in Virginia. Until she moved, I think her license plate was still 21JR.
1: Well, the real legacy of that game, uh, January of 1995, the next morning, you were on the front page of the front section of the Hartford current, a big photograph, with you with your arms raised and the number ones, and your eyes were sort of popping out. Yeah, it was a horrible
0: picture, yeah.
1: But that, that picture, that front page was framed on the basement stairwell of your... Parents townhouse going down the stairs to the basement. And it so freaked out our then two-year-old child that She wouldn't go into your parents basement So your mom would carry her physically carry her down the stairs So she She, could shield
0: her eyes from that horrible picture of her mother. Yes
1: Yes And and when our daughter was two, your mother was carrying her down the stairs to the basement We weren't there she was babysitting fell down the stairs on top of our then two-year-old your mother broke both of her wrists and our daughter broke her leg in that fall. Yeah,
0: you, you and I and my dad all went to, I think it was a Saturday evening mass. And so my mom stayed with our two-year-old. We only had one child at that point, I guess. And uh, so she wasn't quite two. And yeah, she fell down the stairs. And when we got back from mass, we, we went, she was at the bottom of the stairs holding our daughter who was crying. And my mother who broke her wrists terribly had to have, I think, 19 screws put in one of them. While she was there, not crying, had popped her wrist back into place because I believe it was a compound fracture that was outside of the skin. She popped it back in so that our youngest or our oldest daughter wouldn't be completely freaked out. We, um, my mom had to be taken by ambulance to the hospital and our daughter, we didn't realize it till the next day. She kept waking up in the night and we, we took her to the hospital and she had broken her leg, but all because... Of this awful picture of me with these funky eyes that appeared on the front page of the Hartford Current, however however many years before, and there was a
1: nor'easter came in that night, so it was a good thing that we got her to the ER and and back. And the next day, I was supposed to go with your dad and our brother-in-law, two brothers-in-law, to the Patriots Jets game. It was a virtually empty stadium. It was not snowed out they played the game but uh, you couldn't get you couldn't get there on the mass pipe oh, so you
0: guys didn't go
1: we didn't go well for that reason
0: and you and just to add this so you sometimes wonder why I don't give you any sympathy when you like stub your toe on, on the foot of our bed which I completely understand really hurts or if you if you hitch hit something and it hurts you a little bit and you want to know why I don't give you enough sympathy well I come from a mother who popped her own compound fractured wrist back into place so as not to frighten her not yet two-year-old granddaughter. So I don't know that you'll ever be getting that kind of sympathy from me.
1: (laughs) I I no longer look at it, look for it from you.
0: As we mentioned, we're in a house full of not only our kids, but our friends' kids. And this morning, as we were just getting ready to to head out, our, our guests put the Today Show on. And you and I never watch morning television, network television. And it was, it was, interesting, interesting to see what we are missing out on and, and your feelings on morning television, as you kept saying, I'm feeling dumber. This, no, no, by no I, do, I, do, I, I do
1: feel this. my IQ dropping as, as I watch it. And uh, just the way they segue from, you know, uh, some horrible ISIS uh, abduction to tips for cleaning your credit cards. <laughs>
0: And what did they say? You're supposed to clean your credit cards
1: once a week. Once a week or once a month.
0: I, I, I completely tuned that out. How exactly do you clean I, your I, credit cards I, and, and I, why are you cleaning your credit cards? I don't
1: know. It was, you know, clean your shower, squeegee your shower after every use. How often you should clean your washing machine. and uh, And then it got to things like clean your credit cards once a week or once a month.
0: And this was right after they did a segment on an actress who apparently was getting flack on Twitter because she's going to be playing She's playing Catwoman.
1: I, I, I don't know the details and, of this. And, I'm and, sure and, everybody does but us.
0: Yeah, except for us. And the question was, you know, is she gay enough to play this gay character in, in Catwoman? And, and my whole thing was, well, she's also not a cat. Like, is she cat enough to play Catwoman it, it was it could have been one of the the dumber conversations that we've um, ever seen on television <laughs> and we Mer- saying something
1: mercifully they segued uh, quickly to a cooking segment that uh, you know just goes from one thing to the next and now for something completely different as they said on right. Monty Python right
0: exactly and, and then you started talking I wasn't here apparently the other night our kids were wa- watching American Ninja Warrior our, right, our, our, our youngest our, our, they daughter. They love American Ninja Warrior. They Water. love I, that show, and I I like it too. It's uh, our youngest daughter in particular. Then she, she watches it. Then she goes out on the swing set and tries to you know do what she sees as warrior, ninja warrior like feats of, of of nimbleness and strength. And she anyway, does her
1: own sideline interviews with the sideline reporter Christine Leahy. Then she throws it back to Matt and Akbar in the booth.
0: <laughs> and but so that ended, and then. Family Feud came on. Is that correct?
1: No, no, no. What what we were watching the other night? You were in Connecticut. Um, I
0: was in studio for yeah. the uh, for for a game.
1: And we were watching America's Funniest Home Videos. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. And you know it ends with the funniest video of the week, and the little and the kids are. I think it's number three. Maybe it's number one. And they play the theme music, and Alfonso Ribeiro is the host, and then it immediately segues into uh, Celebrity Family Feud. With hosted by Steve Harvey. And before I can throw myself on the remote, like it's a live hand grenade, because apparently Family Feud has become a a uh, sex game show. Um, the first question was, what part of your body does your partner nibble on or something like that? and <laughs> and I just picked up the nearest, Thing to hand a Yankee Candle and threw it through the TV set while my kids sat there in confusion It's As uh, the
0: seven-year-olds trying to figure out what just happened between America's funniest videos Which obviously is a show for families
1: takes a very sharp turn at 8 p.m. Eastern time
0: and, uh, and Anyway, so um so we'll know to, to quickly turn the channel when we're watching with our kids uh, we were at lunch the other day at a local taco joint and it was we were just laughing about um, the names of some of the tacos and what was your uh, what was your favorite well first set the scene of of our taco pots well uh,
1: uh, the pun is very much intended when you said taco joint because joint is in the name and one of the names of the tacos the potato based taco is it the pothead and if you're not getting this picture sufficiently uh, you know Bob Marley is playing as you walk in and uh, you know it's
0: it's it's yes it's it's my favorite thing about it though is you go up to the counter you order and they have a giant tip jar, everywhere now has a di- giant tip jar even though even if somebody's not really doing anything and uh but this one had a, had the jar and then a, a homemade sign that said on a scale of one to ten dollars how attractive are you and then I thought you know well, at least that's a little bit different and and a little bit clever.
1: I took five dollars out of the jar. <laughs> This place also has a cigarette machine. Now, it's not stocked with cigarettes. I don't think they exist anymore, but this was a vintage cigarette machine from the 60s. I think cigarettes were a dollar and a quarter on this machine. It has a little sign that says uh, uh, miners are not permitted to use this machine as if that was enforceable. But I hadn't seen one of those in, in ages where you put the quarters in, you pull the knob, and out, out come your Pall Malls or your Lucky Strikes. And both Pall Malls and Lucky Strikes were brands that were Labeled on this machine, it was a throwback.
0: I don't even know. I know cigarettes are ridiculously expensive now, but I don't know what they cost. They would it would have to be every single one of those slots throughout however many rows of there was on this machine just to get probably one carton of cigarettes or a box of cigarettes. It wasn't even a carton. I think they're at least
1: ten dollars a pack.
0: We were. Uh, I was at the grocery store. Earlier this week, and the woman who checked me out—I wasn't at the the one I typically go to, um, where I feel like I'm friends with all of the checkout people. Was this
1: was this somebody ringing you up, or were they just checking you out? Yeah, they
0: were. They were doing both actually. This was a shorter woman who was ringing me up, but she was also clearly shorter than you. She was very short, and uh, I would say about five feet tall. But she was also clearly checking me out because she just looked at me at one point and said, "You're so tall." And I just smiled and said, yes, I hear that a lot. And then she said, you know, she was on the other side of the the conveyor belt thing. She said, as a matter of fact, I'm going to stay over here because you scare me. (laughs) And I didn't quite know how to respond to that. I just laughed and said, well, I would never intentionally scare you. So I'll stay over here, too.
1: That was verbatim what I said when we met. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm going to stay over here because you scare me. That's lovely. Um, but yeah, it was just such an odd thing to say to a stranger. But um, but whatever. I've heard weirder, weirder things from, um, from strangers throughout the course of my life. By guys, the way, I've sure. been at
1: the grocery store unusually twice this week, both times in the same t-shirt. I'm silently correcting your grammar, not because uh, I've been wearing it all week, but but because I only clean my credit cards and myself uh, once a week. No, I was wearing, I was wearing this t-shirt twice in the, in the span of a week at the grocery store, and twice, including this afternoon, two different people said to me in the aisle, I love your shirt. Today, the lady said, I love your shirt. I'm an English teacher. A week ago, the lady said, I love your shirt. I'm a school teacher.
0: Well, there you go. You're uh, you're big with the teachers. I mean, it is a perfect t- shirt for teachers. Although, teachers wouldn't be silently correcting your grammar. They would be well, vocally.
1: No, they might be just making a in a grocery message, store. Yeah, I suppose they they're you know, writing on your paper. They're correcting it silently. Yeah.
0: Well, along the lines of the woman who who I was scaring, I um I stopped at a Starbucks a few days ago and and I gave my order and it was a tall iced coffee and she asked my name and I said Rebecca. And I went over and was waiting for it to, for the, the coffee to be ready and they put down a coffee that looked exactly like mine and um, and the woman said, Heather? And I was thinking, oh, maybe it's mine, you know, Rebecca can, I guess, kind of sound like Heather. So I went and picked it up and looked at the side of it and realized it was not my order. And right then a woman came over and it was hers. And, and this woman, I would say, was in her mid, early to mid-30s, young, and tattoos all down her arm. And uh, and I just said to her, I said, I'm sorry, you know, that I touched your coffee cup, and she said, Oh, I'm not worried about that. You could lick it, and I'd be okay. <laughs> and, um, Did I was, you? Yeah, right. I, no, actually, I just said to her, I said, Well, I, I won't and wouldn't do that. But um, just how different, you know, a, a different person who was a germaphobe could have perhaps asked for a whole new coffee because I had touched the side of the outside side of the cup, and this woman could not have cared less.
1: First of all. Heather does not sound anything like Rebecca and could never sound anything like Rebecca.
0: Have you seen the way, of what names, I mean, you say Steve, that's almost un- unmistakable. I mean, I have had a variety of, of names come out that might or might not sound like mine.
1: So the writer Martin Amis, the English novelist Martin Amis, he was interviewing Truman Capote near the end of Truman Capote's life in Truman Capote's apartment in the UN Towers in Manhattan. And... He spent three or four hours with him. Truman Capote was in a sickbed in his apartment and they talked about writing and literature and Truman Capote's career. And at the end of these three or four hours, Martin Amos produced Truman Capote's latest book and asked him to sign it. Now they've been talking for several hours and Truman Capote stared at the title page for a good two or three minutes as Martin Amos uh, writes of this story and finally looked up and said, Martin Amos realized he didn't know how to to whom to address to address it finally the only
0: safe thing there is to say can you spell your name for well, me I've been in this boat many cookie. times but
1: Truman Capote yeah. said it is Tony isn't it and Martin Amish replied uh, Martin I said trying very hard to make Martin sound like Tony <laughs> and you know how sometimes if you don't know somebody's name but you think you might know what it is it's either Tony or Martin so you kind of give a half hey Martin you know yeah you just mumble something yeah. that mashes the two up and that never works well. But uh, but I I still do that. Well, generally
0: you're not in a situation where you have to use someone's name, but that is one where oh, you definitely do if you're it, signing something to them. In a
1: book signing line, you do you do all the time, and if somebody might either say remember me of course I remember you and then not offer their name so you have to say again how do you spell your name and they said it's Bob Right. and then you say yeah but is it Bob with three B's I mean is it B-O-B-B I can't remember well
0: we now know because of Denny with one N that even the simplest names you have to ask people how to spell them we mentioned that we're here and we have friends visiting and it's, it's amazing sometimes when you're in a conversation with people that you've known for a really long time and you feel like you've heard most of their stories and then all of a sudden they come out with something that's completely, completely kind of blows you away. And last night we were having a conversation about uh, the world and somehow Carter Page came up and our friend said, oh, I went to school with him all the way from elementary school through high school. And we said, what? So, yeah, he's. I he used to hang out at my house. We were good friends. You know, second grade to twelfth grade at a Catholic school in New York State. Our friend was um, yeah. grew up with Carter Page, and it's like, how has this never come up in conversation a ago, before?
1: A year ago, um, the, the notorious John Wayne Bobbitt came up as it were in conversation
0: with another set of friends who we've known for a really long time
1: and that friend said oh yeah i went to high school with him
0: yeah i mean how it just it it baffles me that that we could know people really well and for a lot of years and be in in situations where we've had conversations with them and somehow the fact that one of them went to school with John Wayne Bobbitt and the other went to school with Carter Page had not come up yet. I suppose, you know, Carter Page hasn't been in the news until the past, what, year and a half? But still in that year and a half, you would have thought at some point our friend would have mentioned that she grew up with him.
1: This is apropos of almost nothing, but when are we going to talk about John Wayne Bobbitt again? After that whole thing happened and he was... That whole thing? Not yes, that half he, right. thing? He was restored to uh, to health. Uh, Maybe the funniest line in a Letterman monologue ever was uh, Doctors expect him to make a full recovery, though they said it will be another year before he can eat at Benihana again.
0: <laughs> You're talking about being at the grocery store. Uh, we were at our grocery store back home it was a few weeks ago, and I brought our nine year old son, and he almost never comes to the grocery store with me anymore. When he was a boy, a younger boy, before he was in school, he was forced to come with me whenever I went. Anyway, he came with me, and we only had to get a few items, but we ended up getting some flavored waters, and we got a bunch of them. And and as we're going, we're checking out. The lines were really long, and I said, we can go to the 12 and fewer items line. I said, because even though we have 10 waters, it's all really the same item, right? And as we're in line, he was so nervous. He said, it it will count as one item, because if it doesn't, we're going to have... 16 items and that's too many like he was having a nervous breakdown worried that we were going to get in trouble because we were in the 12 items or fewer line and I was counting 10 waters as one item and it was just it was just sort of an insight into the fact that he is your son because I would imagine this is the same kind of thing that when you were a boy would have flustered you a bit
1: when I was a boy I, I'd freak out now if in line with 13 items yeah I mean, and, and, and I would be torn between having 13 items and letting the checkout person know that it's 12 items or fewer, not 12 items or less.
0: What What does it normally say? Because maybe I'm getting it wrong. But Oftentimes uh, it
1: says 12 items or less, and that drives me bananas, even if I'm especially if I'm well, purchasing bananas.
0: Explain to, explain to those who there's, aren't. There's, there's, I mean, why, why is it fewer and not less? Of just, course I understand, yeah, but for those who I might not.
1: understand, I don't, I'm not going to insult the intelligence of, of our esteemed audience by saying that if it's liquid, you know, put less gasoline in than you did last time. If it's numbers, put give me fewer cantaloupes.
0: Okay, I will. I promise to give time. you fewer cantaloupes, and um, and I will let you explain this to our children when they want to know the difference between less and fewer. We'll uh, definitely know, make sure it involves cantaloupes. The thing at the
1: grocery store. We were at the grocery store one time in the last couple of years, and the ice cream aisle had ice cream sign ice cream then another sign on the next freezer case novelties and then they had another sign but a permanent sign on the next freezer case sherbert s-h-e-r-b-e-r-t right What's it's not sherbert as you know
0: that's what some places up here call it like if you no. go to friendlies that's how it's listed on the menu
1: they're calling it wrong people call hamburgers hamburgs around here that doesn't make it right does well
0: it? i'm just saying like that's not that's not an uncommon spelling Or word that is used up here referring to that non-dairy ice cream. I'm gonna
1: hear it from people but sherbert is what Ernie says to his roommate. (laughs) Of course it Well, is. Let's go to our voluminous viewer mail. Kids it's time to answer our voluminous viewer
3: mail which has uh, been piling up over the last five or six days.
1: That's ballandchainpod at gmail.com.
0: Ballandchainpod is our Twitter handle as well. I'm gonna start off on Twitter Michael Acheson sent us a tweet. He said, I too hate to shuck corn, but if you cook it in the husk in the microwave, all of the silks will come off and the corn will be perfect. This was not information I expected to share today. I had no idea. I've cooked corn on the cob in the microwave before, but I've always shucked it first and taken the silks off. But he also sent a link that I will read. I'll share this on Twitter that tells you how to do it. But if you cook it in the husk in the microwave, Uh, all the silks will come off so there we go we've just solved a problem that has been the bane of your boyhood existence how about that
1: that's i almost feel like uh, there are no more worlds to conquer i feel like alexander the great with no more worlds to conquer now that we know how to get rid of the silks and we know how often to clean our credit cards
0: well there's a lot still for you to conquer but uh here's one from chelsea fan in st louis forget finding the perfect corn what about the people that open the eggs to find the perfect dozen well, you're not trying to find the perfect dozen. You're just trying to find a dozen that aren't that were one or two of them's not cracked. I always open the carton of eggs and see if there's one or two cracked, then you take a different one or you take two from another carton so that you have 12 uncracked eggs. That is that's a no-brainer. That's nothing to me like well, like were, you know, partially shucking the corn in the grocery store. I went
1: to the drugstore yesterday to get something else and you texted me to say we need eggs. I picked I looked at a dozen eggs. One of them was cracked, so I looked at the next. Another one was cracked, I looked at the next. Another one was cracked. It was only in the fourth attempt that I didn't see any that were cracked. When I got home, you said, well, you can put all of the cracked ones in in one carton and you know rearrange the eggs into different cartons. I didn't realize that, that life hack at the grocery store.
3: Well, of
0: course, yeah. If you just have one that's cracked, you can just take that out and put it in another. And of course, if there's a bunch in there, then you can bring that up and, and give it to the the checkout person so that they can take care of it and somebody's not stuck with that. But, uh, but yeah, completely different from the corn.
1: Tom on Gmail writes, I would never use someone else's workout clothes. You mentioned some hotel you were staying and offered offered workout clothes if you forgot them. Yes. I would never use someone else's workout clothes. I do a fair amount of travel for work and I forget my workout. if I forget my workout clothes, I just don't work out. More to the point, when my now 21-year-old was in third grade, he was not eating his green beans one night at dinner. Well, I told him, eat your effing green beans. But I actually said the f bomb. Not my best parenting moment.
0: <laughs> I wonder if that. I would hope that from now uh, going forward, that's how the kid always. That, that's what he thinks the true name of green beans is. Is effing green beans.
1: Leslie writes, uh, I'm catching up on episodes, but in episode 37, you were talking about the make me a sandwich shirt. I saw a guy at the airport, right, a young man in a sa- in a t shirt that said, "Cool story, hun. Now go make me a sandwich." Right. So about a year ago, Leslie writes, a state senator got busted in a hotel room with an underage male. When he answered the door to the cops, he was wearing a shirt that said Ephesians 5.22 with a picture of a sandwich underneath. It said, go make me a sandwich. Now that particular verse says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. And there's a link to the story, which... uh... That's
0: absolutely unbelievable. But um, there you go. No, it's not a good look for anyone to have that shirt.
1: We told the story last week, I think, Josh in Wyoming's mother got a ball signed by Pat Summit and yes. she it's now saran wrap. Yes. And you question the uh, why
0: would anyone put a sport item of uh, sports memorabilia in saran wrap?
1: Well Josh is here with the answer. Josh says to clarify on the saran wrap on the basketball, part of the ball was white so it could be written on. You know those panels. Yeah. Th- yep.
0: That you those can are the sign. best by far the best basketballs to sign.
1: Which it was, and mom wanted to be able to show it off without fear of the writing getting smudged. Now that is that's smart. It's been I on still- there so long now that I'm sure if you took the wrap off all the writing would come with it.
0: And then you'd have a you know like the carbon copy back when we were kids and the teachers would go down to the teacher's faculty room and they'd you know turn the handle on that thing and they'd actually make the carbon copies you know what i'm talking about right of uh yes. of, of whatever your homework was that's what it would be it would be the you know the carbon copy of pat summit's signature
1: josh by the way five years ago went on a big weight loss kick and was working out every day i forgot workout clothes when a spur-of-the-moment trip came up and i have rented workout clothes from the Weston, unfortunately they did have an odor about them that made me swear to never forget my own clothes again. So perhaps it's just kind of a motivation. Five years
0: ago. And and that's the thing. If I was at a Westin and, and, and needed clothes, because I've met Josh and he and I are about the same height, although I doubt he wears a sports bra, I would probably have the exact set of clothes that he rented five years ago. But good for him. Instead of blowing off his workout, he just wore those nasty clothes.
1: We'll do one more before the house is completely overrun by the nine kids or whatever we have here now who are getting hungry for dinner. This is from... Rachel, who after listening to the podcast with Holly Rowe as your guest in basement, my husband looked at me and said, "I think Holly Rowe might be your spirit animal." Rachel's a Utah jazz fan. She's forgiven Holly for diagnose, helping to diagnose Michael Jordan during the flu game. But Rachel writes, "When she talked, when Holly talked about breaking up with a guy over him not understanding the importance of Pat Summit, I looked at my husband and told him that he's lucky he appreciates Coach Summit." On more than one occasion, I've had very animated, heated conversations regarding the best basketball coaches in history, and I've stood up for Pat Summitt and Gino Auriemma. Friendships have been lost. One guy has been broken up with, parentheses, he was no Mr. Switzerland, because they couldn't imagine a women's coach being considered alongside men's coaches.
0: Well, tons of people on Twitter have said how much they've loved that podcast with Holly Rowe, and also how much they love the Holly Rowe Minute. So I think it's only fair that this is the right time that we should go to the Holly Rowe
3: Minute. And now, a report on the news of Holly Rowe.
1: And Holly Rowe, let's go down and check with
3: you. First time I ever worked a game for ESPN, it was, you know, you're excited, you're getting a big shot for ESPN. And I was doing my open at TCU, and I remember my report exactly. I was doing a report about freshman running back, LaDainian Tomlinson, the all-time leader in Texas high school rushing yards, is getting his first start tonight. And so, you know, I'm really nervous because the name LaDainian Tomlinson is not one that just rolls off the tongue. Well, they're bringing in the game ball by helicopter, and my back's (laughs) to the field, and I can feel the rotors of the helicopter, and it's oppressive. Like, my hair's flying, I can feel it. Well, the cameraman that I'm facing, all of a sudden, falls to the ground. And I think, surely, we're about to die. The rotors of the helicopter are too close. So I fall to the ground. But I keep doing my report on starting running back, Ladanian Tomlinson. And when I see my camera guy at the airport later after the game, I'm like, wow, how about that? That was a close call. And he's like, what are you talking about? I say, you know, the helicopter, you fell to the ground. He goes, I tripped on my cable. I have no idea what you were doing. <laughs>
1: Tom, Dick, and Harry, play us out.
2: Sing, says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pet live in its cuckoo nest Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test And drive us and What well, we give for a little rest it's day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.